Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good afternoon and welcome into Grant and Danny. We are live Friday, February 2nd, 2024. We are at the Bethesda Theater out in Bethesda, Maryland, where we are getting ready for a massive event tonight. It's all sold out, so... If you're trying to get in, you're going to have to buy tickets off someone as they're walking in. you got to know a guy. There's about 500 people coming out. There's a beautiful venue here. I just checked it out. This theater's amazing, man. I feel like uh, we should be next stop, Capital One Arena. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> There's no more seats in this place tonight for 106.7 The Fan and Team 980. We're all going to be on stage having a good time. Uh, should lay of the land today, though. we got a normal show for you, 2 to 6.30 as we get ready to take the stage right after that. Out here in Bethesda tonight, we will be giving away Wizards tickets back half of the show right around 5 o'clock. Also today, our Beltway Blitz going to cover the NFL, the Commanders, and the Wizards going into the weekend. So you will want to hear the Blitz coming up at 4. But, Danny, how you doing? Pretty good, man. I I love the energy here. I I like the idea that we're going to have a kick-butt live event. Like, I miss that. That's really, really cool. That's, as you know... Um, I need attention all the time, pretty much, and I like it when it's on my terms. Get to do some stand-up, get in front of a crowd. There is nothing like receiving that live drug of audience interaction, uh, hopefully some laughs and clapping and approval and uh, doing some great bits. with Booing. Uh, yeah, that happens sometimes, too. That's the tightrope we all walk, getting on a stage. But uh, it's a reminder, though, that we work with really talented people. You know, like it, it, it's one of those nice, refreshing type moments where you go, oh, yeah, that's right. These guys that have been on the air for nearly 30 years, it's not just some accident. You know what I mean? A, a guy that should be in the Hall of Fame uh, as, a, as, a, as a running back and a dude that has done everything under the sun as a reporter covering teams, now hosting a show in JP. You were on television as, as like a toddler with your uh, feet dangling off the couch. You know, you've been in radio for longer than anybody uh, doing it as, as a kid. It's a nice reminder that this is the kind of thing that we can pull off. And it's really, really cool, man. So I got a lot of energy today, a lot of juice. Yeah, it's going to be a packed house. It will be a lot of fun. If you guys are coming out, hopefully we would get to hang a little bit before or after the event. Uh, This is a really, really cool venue. If you are not going to be here, uh, well, shame on you, number one. You missed out on a good thing. But number two, we'll do another one of these at some point and make sure you get your hands on those tickets when that happens. Uh, I got out here a little bit early today. Mm -hmm. I don't know what your schedule was like, but I got out here – with enough time that I was trying to find a place to eat, trying to do a little bit of a healthier bit, couldn't find parking, could, just couldn't make it work. Turns out the first spot I found was right in front of this, like, utterly generic barbershop. Just one of those, like, 
red and white spiraled things out front, and it's just somebody's barbershop. So I go in, and I, I just thought, well, I'm not going to get my hair cut. I don't need a haircut. But I could trim up the beard a little bit. I haven't taken care of the beard. Got an event tonight. Might as well yeah. you know, look a little better. Immediately takes like a one guard to my beard. I'm a two and a half guy. Okay. If I really want to knock it down, I'll go two. Just immediately goes to the one. So that was aggressive. But have you ever had this happen? He tilts the chair back. I'm sitting in the chair. Mm-hmm. I'm a bigger guy, as you okay, know. Okay, sure. He's tilting the chair back to the point that my shoulder blades are kind of like below my butt. Below so my head butt. and oh, so my you're feet. Re- yeah. Your your feet are elevated. My feet are basically yeah. elevated. Mm-hmm. And he's going about taking the clippers and whatever else he's doing to my beard. All the hairs are getting up my nose. There's yeah. no yep. care at all. Mm-hmm. So much hair in my mouth and my nose. Yep. And I'm not one of these guys that's high maintenance, but I just I couldn't believe this was the best way. Literally, I was like tilting toward the ground. And it's just, it was as if the competition was, like there was a hidden camera show. How many hairs can we get in this guy's mouth? Before he says something? Before... What am I supposed to do? So funny. I don't want to be a jerk. Yeah, I don't know. At one point, I finally was like, I was like, can I have a nap? <laughs> you know, like, I'm he's sorry. Like, it was amazing to That's me. That's so I funny. Just, he knows better than I do. Sure. Like, he, he wouldn't come into a radio station and tell me, lead with this topic. Here, here's your <laughs> right. take on Dan right. Quinn. And I shouldn't tell him how to do his thing. I just you know. You just know you were uncomfortable in the chair. I just know that, first off, I haven't been in that position. Like, that's the position you're in. Well, I tell you what. Here's the difference. If he was paying for the radio service, he might ha- he might be able to have some input. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, like, but I see here's like what I've learned is, and I and I don't know this, and I'm sure like a barber just someone does this. this. Oh, please go ahead. Have your feet ever been above your head? Yes. When you're getting your, this is not like some big major haircut. Just I'm just getting a trim on the beard. No, and not he drops me back. Yeah. My head was closer to the floor than my feet. Now, not that specifically, but I've had that for the Godfather shave. Okay. You know what I mean? So, but what, so what I, the thing I was going to say is what I've learned is that every barber, stylist, person that, that does this has their own preferred methodology. True. So, like, for example. The, this the, guy's methodology was to shove hair in my well, nose. Well, that, that, that was his method. That was his MO. But the, in, uh, the guy that I went to the day of my wedding to get, like, all the lined up and the fancy shave and all oh, that, that other kind best. of stuff. It was awesome. He was, he was super tall. He happened to be, like, 6'6". So he didn't want me tilted super far back. I basically leaned back like I was reclining on an airplane, which you should never do, by the way. If you do that, you're selfish. Sit upright like a human and be miserable with everyone else. But he barely tilted the thing back and was able to, you know, to, to use the blade and comb up and down the skin and do a good job. I, then I went at one point to, uh, uh, not that long ago, to the grooming lounge, which I love. The, the lady was like 3'8". I mean, that's an exaggeration, but she was in the she was in the fours. I was my feet were like I was having a heart attack. They're trying to save my life. My this, feet were a foot and a half, two feet above my chin. This guy was taller than me, man. Yeah. it's not that. Ooh, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I don't know what it was. It was incredible. But I, just, I my, what I was thinking at one point was, if Danny walked in here, he'd be like, "What is going? What on? What are you like, doing?" It was such a weird position to be in, and that's normally you think about. They call it a grooming lounge or whatever. Mm-hmm. You go and. If you're at one of these really nice places like the Grooming Lounge or Roosters, there's one out here. Yeah. Tried to get an appointment there. Couldn't couldn't make it work, right? You go there, and it's, like, really relaxing. The whole time I was thinking, what if I slide out of this chair onto my head? Like, it was just – it was a crazy 15 <laughs> minutes for your boy. Uh, just a lot of hair. So I don't need lunch today. That's the good news. Okay. I've you're, eaten you're what eating. was my mustache. <laughs> is that and, part of your new diet that you're we, doing yeah, for the program? That one yeah. is illegal on the program. You know what's I great believe. is there's a lot of hair and protein. So a lot of nutrients going back in. 
Dan Quinn is the head coach of the Washington Commanders. Found that out yesterday. We spent the day talking about that. Still not a lot has been determined as far as his staff goes. The one report that's out there, and it's yet to be corroborated, but Aaron Wilson of the Houston Chronicle says that Joe Witt Jr., the defensive pass game coordinator and secondary coach with the Cowboys, is eventually going to be named Dan Quinn's defensive coordinator. Do you agree with me that the defensive staff, while important, all imp- you know, staff, there's no such thing as having a bad coach. We saw that if you have a defensive backs room led by a former high school coach who probably doesn't deserve to, to be doing that in the NFL, mm-hmm. it can lead to some problems this year. I'm not saying there's such a thing as a, an insignificant role in the staff. But when you have Dan Quinn in your building who's going to oversee the defense, not unlike if Sean McVay is your head coach and the offensive coordinator doesn't call plays, I'm not as worried about the defensive staff as – what they do on offense, particularly if they're going to pick a quarterback at two, this is how they can make this whole thing work. Yeah, I mean, if you're asking me to weigh the level of import, the offensive staff, you know, what, a factor of 5, 10, 17, then, then who else on the defensive staff? Because you have a defensive mind. They're going to run Dan Quinn's scheme. And they should, by the way, because what he has put together over the last three seasons has been really, really good. He's turned in good homework uh, since he got canned from Atlanta. So that is Part of it, you want to be able to have somebody that's almost emphasizing your culture, your messaging, someone that knows what you want, how you want it done, the timing. You know, are you one of those guys that says practice starts at 9 or do you need to be on the field at 847 uh, starting stretching at that point so we can start at 9? Do we start stretching at 9? This guy can help implement that sort of stuff, right? Those cultural things that we talk about. I know we roll our eyes at the word culture, rightfully so, because it's a buzzword when you're not winning uh, as an excuse for things that you see Rivera come around. But it is important, right? These are human interactions and touch points every single day. And a guy that knows how you like things done can certainly help with your message, messaging and implementation. That said, who's coming on the offensive side of the ball? I don't know if we have a good measure for how much more important and critical it is uh, for this group to get off to a good start. Because, again, we're, I'm pres- I, I, don't, I don't have any guarantees here. I don't know the answer definitively. But I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of slate etch-a-sketch style. Wipe the slate clean here. There's going to be a lot of turnover, and there should be, by the way, for a group that hasn't been particularly good and maybe under-talented in spots. On the coaching staff or on the, the player side? So I agree with you. to be able to implement your way, I think, is, is, is massive. That goes without saying, right? Anytime a new coach comes in, there's going to be a big turnover. Although I would say everyone thought that the Marty Party would no longer be operating, and they're still here. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we don't know. I mean, you've got, you got to wait and see a little bit. But, Thank yes, there are going to be a lot of new players. There are going to be a ton of new coaches. Pretty much the entire staff is going to be brand new. Most of the previous staff was the Carolina regime, the commanders that Rivera had brought in, and they had their chance. And now it's Dan Quinn's turn to see what he can do. I think, for me, offense not only way more important just because it's more important in the league than defense – You've gone with a defensive-minded head coach, obviously. But I really circle that top draft pick because this whole thing's going to either work or it's not, largely based on what happens at the quarterback position. And it doesn't mean that that pick has to be a home run. Ideally, it it will be. And if it isn't, that's probably going to be devastating. But the San Francisco 49ers drafted Trey Lance when they traded up to the top three. Mm -hmm. That should have crippled them. It should have set them back. Except you had guys in that building like Adam Peters who drafted brilliantly in round set two through seven, who when they signed free agents, they hit on those players. They were the most talented team in the league. And with the last pick in a draft, they found a quarterback who in their system is excellent and who is leading them now to a Super Bowl and potentially you know, a championship and a Lombardi trophy. So I'm not saying that they, you know, the number two pick will determine everything, but I do think the fate of most coaches 
is dictated by the quarterback position. Certainly Ron Rivera's was, I would say. Jay Gruden would tell you, I would imagine. I think he has on our show. If not for bad luck, essentially, and not locking up the quarterbacks that were productive for him. Maybe things would have gone differently. End of his era here. A whole lot different look than earlier on when the offenses were really good and he was getting an extension. But what if they don't go quarterback at two? Do you still feel like the the OC and the offensive staff is as mandatory like to, to make sure that you've got these rising stars? Because I feel like that's almost part and parcel with everyone assuming they're taking a quarterback and you're, no, link, you're linking the play caller and the quarterback. It, yes. Yes, it's still as important. It, it, it's going to manifest itself in a different way because the thing that we're going to focus on from the outside looking in is if they do draft a quarterback at two is – How's he developing? What did he do today? Did, you know, what, did he complete passes at OTAs today? How many balls hit the ground? Is he throwing picks? Does he look lost? What have you been sacked in real time? We're going to be obsessed with that stuff, rightfully so, because it's hopefully the future of the franchise. Uh, you're handing this guy the keys to the kingdom. If it's not a quarterback at two, for, for some reason, whatever it is, okay, you still need to be able to establish your program. Because what are we looking for here? We don't want to do the, we're going to make a deal with the devil, flash in the pan, Whatever happens, happens over the next couple of seasons. See the Chargers working with Jim Harbaugh. The whole point here is to have our own John Harbaugh, our own Mike Tomlin, our own this is who we are for a long, long, long time. And the way to establish that, even if it's with yet another journeyman jag, leftover quarterback, another Brissett, another uh, you know Case Keenum, another one of those kind of guys from that tier, which I have no interest in, and I'm praying they don't either, but even if you're doing that, you still need some good results to kind of help get this thing rolling so that there's some credibility there. You can ask guys to go with you. Follow me through the breach. Only so many times before they get, they get uh, blown up when they do. You know what I mean? I also think that even if you don't take a quarterback, it doesn't change the import of having a good offense, right? That if you are exceptional, moving the football, scoring points, you're going to win a lot of games. If you're bad at those things, you're not going to have a great chance to. So whether you draft a quarterback or not, whether it's Howell and a free agent to be named later, or if they don't take a quarterback at number two, I would imagine they would do it with one of their other picks or they trade back up and do it a little bit later on or something crazy. I happen to believe it's a lock that they pick quarterback second overall, but I don't think we should just assume definitively and categorically that that's going to happen. Daniel Jeremiah is an example yesterday. Uh, you know Daniel Jeremiah mm-hmm. from NFL Network. He's their draft analyst. He said he's 100% sure that the Patriots are taking a quarterback at number three. He said the one team in the top three he's not 100% sure about, meaning not even the Chicago Bears, is the Washington Commanders. He was just throwing out there this idea that it is very possible that they wouldn't go quarterback. Not a reality I can see, not something that would make sense to me, but I think we have to be open to the possibility at least this far out. process hasn't really gotten going yet. It's only February 2nd. Mm-hmm. We're basically three months from the draft at this point. Uh, it could go in a lot of different directions. I just think... With or without the second pick, even though we always talk about handcuffing the pick in the offensive coordinator, you just got to hit a home run on that hire. Mm-hmm. It becomes massive. And the big question, I think, then is we've heard names linked already to this job. Chip Kelly from the college game. There are very few names that exciting when it comes to offense at both levels, by the way. I know he got laughed out of Philadelphia and it didn't go well as a head coach. But he is designed and conceptually – He's come up with some really smart, good stuff on offense. That is a fun watch. You watched his team at UCLA and some of what he's done. You know, Saturdays and Sundays are more similar now, Dan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
than they've ever been before. A lot of it is is, is his kinds of concepts. I, again, I know he's not popular because of how much of a trend record it was and how bossy he was and how challenging he was. Yeah, people do not – like, he is the anti-Dan Quinn, I would say. Yeah. People do not like Chip Kelly. Because, like, again, that ending was a disaster it in was. Philadelphia. And then, but know. I also think – and I don't know enough about him, but, but – he just has more detractors. It, it seems like his personality, unlike Quinn's, where everyone you talk to loves him, there's a lot of people that go, yeah, me and him didn't mesh that well. Yeah, he's a, he was a, is and was a convention bucker. That's what starts with a B there, okay? Meaning they, they, they were hitting on Saturdays. The guys hated it. They couldn't stand it. But he's like, I've got data. I've got science that proves this is the right way to do it. Whether he was right or wrong, he was always trying to do that sort of stuff. They had back-to-back 10 win seasons his first two years in Philadelphia, and their offenses were excellent. Now, I've forgotten that one year in San Francisco where he was the head coach and it was 2-14 and 14 and they were a disaster. Yeah. But that guy can make offense happen. That is a more intriguing name than I think a lot of people want to admit. Yeah, that name is out there. I don't think that would be a bad hire by any means. My hope would be that they kind of keep it in the league, so to speak, and they go with an up-and-coming, younger-ascending coordinator who's doing it in the NFL on one of these really good staffs where they're running great offenses, running ideally the Shanahan scheme, but maybe it's a – a branch off that in one of these spots where it's what's working in the league. Clint Kubiak's name keeps coming up out in San Francisco. He has called plays. He's been a coordinator in Minnesota. Now he's coordinating the pass game in San Fran. He obviously doesn't call the plays because Kyle Shanahan does. That would make a lot of sense. There's a coach on that staff who most of you have heard of, Brian Greasy, the former Broncos quarterback who bounced around the league a bit. He was a TV analyst. He was on Monday Night Football a couple years ago. He's the quarterback's coach there now. He and Kyle hit it off. Kyle brought him into the staff. He's been coaching QBs. That's a guy I've been told for a couple of years will end up being a head coach. He could be an offensive coordinator. There's probably two or three other people in that building that I haven't even named that would be worth looking at. Mm-hmm. But you, you want to probably broaden your scope some beyond just San Francisco. But that would excite me. If you go get a Kubiak, Greasy, one of those types of guys, they bring over the Kyle offense. And you know Dan Quinn would be fine with that and maybe even prefer it, Mm -hmm. because Dan Quinn's apex as a head coach was with Kyle and LaFleur and McDaniel, all those guys. That's the team that went to the Super Bowl when Matt Ryan won MVP. So if he wants to run back when he was at his best and he turned the offense over to that scheme, I think – you know, that could make some sense. Yeah, you want to start poaching from great quality programs that win every year and constantly churn out coordinators and then future head coaches, you're not going to get a complaint out of me. You also have a general manager in Adam Peters who's well-versed in all of those guys. That's right, yeah. And when he sits down with Dan Quinn, he says, all right, this guy, really sharp. This guy, everyone loves him, media loves him. I'm not so sure he's ready. Uh, here's what I don't like about him. But this guy right here, he could call plays tomorrow, and I think he could help us. That knowledge will be really, really beneficial if you're looking in that tree. And there are guys from San Francisco now all over the league, obviously, who have their own staffs that are you know, tangentially mm-hmm. uh, part of that same offense. Like Frank Smith in Miami is a good yep. example. Would Frank Smith take a job? Would they let him walk out of Miami where he's the offensive coordinator for this wonderful elite offense that scores so many points, but he doesn't get to call plays? And you're living in Mike McDaniel's shadow. No, you have the asset with a defensive-minded head coach, of dangling in front of one of these non-play-calling coordinators, come over here and call plays on your way to your head coaching job. This is what the the Titans did. Remember when Matt LaFleur came over to to help Mike Vrabel. He called plays in Tennessee. He Mm -hmm. left the shadow of Sean McVay in L.A. So everybody gets something out of it, right? Exactly. You get good offense coordinated, and you get a chance to increase your head coach profile. Now, as we've talked about ad nauseum, they lost him to being the head coach of the Packers pretty quickly, but – 
you kind of worry about that. You, you've, we've laid down in that bed. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to eventually make it, and that would mean you had some success and your quarterback developed, so that's a good thing. But I want to know what would excite people. I want to know what would get the juices flowing now with Dan Quinn in the fold. You've got a defensive-minded head coach. He's got to fill this staff out offensively. It might be a name that you've circled as an OC candidate. You know, what are you thinking offensively now about what they should do next that could really sell you on this operation more? 800-636-1067 is the number on Grant and Danny on the fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I, I I think I'm more positive than other people, but also still not as positive as I would have hoped. I mean, this is a guy who I do think has genuinely improved. A guy who, you know, the end was not pretty in Atlanta. They had become very one-dimensional on defense. They didn't seem to have many fresh ideas. Dan Quinn's defense in Dallas was different. It was multiple. They played more man coverage. It looked more modern. Um, he took over a defense that was abysmal. And granted, they drafted Michael Parsons, which goes a long way into improving a defense, but he got a lot out of the pieces they had there. The voice of Bill Barnwell, who was on our show yesterday. Welcome back, Grant and Danny, live at the Bethesda Theater, where we will be on stage with all of our cohorts from the fan later this evening. Looking forward to that. The whole station's out here. This is going to be a huge event tonight be several hundred listeners in the crowd should be a really good time all right now we're talking about Dan Quinn filling out the rest of his coaching staff and what that's going to look like one of the reasons presumably that when it got down to the remaining candidates that they could hire Dan Quinn Anthony Weaver Baltimore Aaron Glenn Detroit you got to imagine that a potential tiebreaker or if they were heavily in Quinn's favor at that point one of the reasons has to be that they like his chances to build a great staff. Well, it's, it's a huge part of the process, right? What's your vision? Because, listen, th- these guys aren't dumb. 
I bet you the question of, hey, we've noticed that every defensive-minded head coach loses his OC every 1.8 years on average. All the offensive coordinators turn over in this league because they become head coaches. Lickety-split. The, the slightest modicum of success gets you a job. If you look like Sean McVay for three years, you got a head coaching job. If you know Kyle Shanahan, you got a head coaching job. What's your plan there? They had to have been impressed with his answer, right? There's no way around that. There's no way Adam Peters didn't ask. There's no way the uh, – uh, the hog ownership group or the consultants, anybody else, it's a, it's a no phenomenon. If old Rube Danny Ruye picked up on that as a pudgy radio zilch, I bet you the, the, the compensated millionaires who do this for a gig figure that out too. So, yeah, he had to have a good answer But I that. do think there's something too, Danny. Sometimes you probably know who you're bringing with you. Mm-hmm. When Shanahan was talking to Dan Snyder in 2009 about becoming the coach in that offseason leading into 2010, I guarantee Mike Shanahan already knew because, as he would tell us the following season, he had been speaking to Jim Hazlitt for months, and he had, I don't know what it was, but he kind of handpicked him as his defensive coordinator. Because he decided he wanted one of 3-4 and exactly. wanted Hazlitt to do it. Yeah, I think sometimes that's the case. When Sean McVay sat down with the Rams, the Niners, some other teams in that cycle, going back seven seasons ago, whatever that was now, believe it or not, he knew that he was bringing Wade Phillips with him, and that was kind of his mm-hmm. trump card he would throw down on the desk when they go, okay, man, but you're 30, you're a young guy, how are you going to build a staff? And he goes, actually, Wade Phillips will be my defensive coordinator. He's already signed on. And I bet that was a jaw-on-the-floor moment. I think a lot of the time you're telling a team what you hope to do. Mm-hmm. Hey, my agent is also the agent for this guy who's in this city, you know, in Miami, and we think we can get him out of his contract and elevate him to uh, you know, pass game coordinator role. And it's a lot of if they let us, then we'll have this guy. And the fact is, and I'm sure Adam Peters and these people who are smarter than me know, that all sounds great. Team's got to let you do it. Yep. And maybe if you're Anthony Weaver or you're Aaron Glenn or even Ben Johnson, maybe you're, you're saying, I think I could put this staff together. Most of the people you know are probably younger. And maybe you can get them out, but maybe you couldn't. And I know that they had to have been impressed with the fact that Dan Quinn, who knows all of these different staffs, all of these different contacts from 20 years in football, that's one of the selling points. I think there's probably two major selling points for Dan Quinn, honestly. The first is that everyone that has ever met him loves him. Mm-hmm. Like, I was hearing from people from all over the place last night. Matt LaFleur. Now, he obviously coached with Dan Quinn in Atlanta, but was like, TQ special, man. You're going to love this guy. Like, if you've ever spent five minutes with him, you love Dan Quinn. Yep. I get it. That's number one in his corner. I think the second thing is they know that he's going to build a good staff rather than hoping that he'll build a good staff. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it is the essential thing, right? And, again, it's not to diminish the, the coaching hire in and of itself, right? Because now we're, now the coaches hire, we're like, okay, who's on a staff? Like it's not a significant thing. It's obviously major. You set the day-to-day uh, tone. Again, I hate this word, but I have another one. Tone, culture, uh, uh, how you do things you know, uh, who the leaders are of your team, how things emerge, your structure, those sorts of deals. Yeah, there's the big guy at the top in terms of Peters as to how the organization does it. In terms of how the 53 is doing it, there should be that degree of separation between the coach and the GM. So on the ground, in the trenches, it's Dan Quinn and his guys letting his will be done. You you need lieutenants. You need everybody, I get pulling the rope in the same direction, not figuring out in week 10, this ain't it, and trying to update your resume and covering your own butt and trying to make your own group look better so you can get a job somewhere else, knowing this, that your big boss is getting blown out. So the question we're posing on the MGM National Harbor listener lines right now for you, 
what would excite you about filling out this staff and the Quinn process now to add assistance, specifically on offense, but is there a name, is there a potential coach you've heard linked to this team that would get the juices flowing? I would not be against Chip Kelly. I think that is a big, splashy press conference winning move, more so than it's like the best move for the team. But I think the guy knows offense. I think the offense would probably work. And here's my selling point maybe on Chip Kelly. I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. If he's opting out of a contract in college where he makes a lot of money because he's tired of dealing with the NIL and free agency in college football like so many of these college coaches are that are just done with it already, they need to make some adjustments and some tweaks probably. Mm -hmm. He's not going back to college, I wouldn't think. Is he getting another head coaching job in the league? Not any time in the near future. I mean, it's a – I would bet against that, like, period, but it's certainly not going to be in the next couple of years. So you'd have some potential longevity there. That's not bad in his corner. Uh, but that, that would not be at the top of my list. Top of my list is, not surprisingly for me, Shanahan Tree, Kubiak, Greasy. That tandem, if you could get one of, or both of them, if you could pull a couple of the other assistants, there's this guy in San Francisco everyone keeps telling me about who's the tight ends coach there, named, like, Brian Flory. You know, if he came with them as a pass game coordinator or something, he's apparently this up-and-coming star. I said this on the show yesterday. I wasn't kidding. It's starting to get a little more traction. I know Ben Standing's written about it in The Athletic. I honestly think they should put Logan Paulson on the staff. Like, people like that who are smart, who know that scheme, who know that offense, who have a chance tight end uh, room would benefit from him. He could be a coordinator in a couple of years. If they show me that not only are they bringing over Kubiak, but they're layering this thing with three or four bright young minds, now I'm starting to get excited about the possibility to have a good offense in the years to come when you lose your OC, which is inevitably going to happen if your quarterback at number two is any good. See Bobby Slowick. 49ers.com slash team slash coaches dash roster. That's where I went first to find who I would like and who would excite me. The second website I went to was MiamiDolphins.com slash team slash coaches dash roster. You get the point here. I want to raid the closet. I want to I want to f- bring me Chris Forster. Make up a title for him. I, I want that offensive line guru. He should o- yeah, coach your O-line. Him and Chris Morgan, probably the new era Bill Callahan is kind of the best in the biz. You know, ma- make that happen. Uh, you know, and. The assistant tight ends coach in Miami, make him your tight ends coach up here. Elevate all these guys that are innovating and are constantly scoring points and moving the football against all comers. I want that. And it can't just be a couple of guys and and some friends. It needs to be this self-sustaining pipeline almost. Right, it's got to be one. Of, you know those things that like rich people have on their desks and offices and movies, where like it's like five uh, metal balls on strings, and you raise one up and it hits the balls, and then one goes up in the air, and then it comes back down and hits it, and it's a self-perpetuating machine. You need that with an offensive pipeline. I I, I want a never-ending stream of guys that know Kyle Shanahan or have studied that sort of general system of getting guys open and also working run games, by the way. That's the other part of it. They, they push people around, work play action really well. To me, it's the sustainable what works on offense model. I want that. Well, my dream is dying on the vine, it would appear. Just 22 seconds ago, Adam Schefter tweeted that the Saints are working to hire 49ers pass game specialist Clint Kubiak as their offensive coordinator. Now, this is where I'm going to start to get frustrated here, okay? <sighs> If you miss out on a few of these guys, 
who are just further along. The Saints have been interviewing people for two weeks, right? Now, they did not have a head coaching vacancy. But one of my frustrations when you waited this long and then went defensive is that the coordinator pile is getting picked over a little bit. If you were still to get Brian Greasy or something, fine. But if a few other of these guys land some of the other four vacancies, there are five offensive coordinators that have already been hired in this cycle this offseason. I think there are four other teams with Washington trying to hire one. Schefter's saying they're working to hire 49ers, passing game specialist Clint Kubiak, so I guess it's not a done deal. But the search took so long, and then you went defensive when the most important gig might be the one helping the quarterback at number two, that if you swing and miss on a couple of these guys or or a few of the best possible ideas that the Ben Johnsons of coordinators go – you know, then it gets a little bit more frustrating. They do have the fallback option, just like they had at head coach with Dan Quinn, I guess, of, of Chip Kelly. Because worst-case scenario, you're going to be able to, to call that a win if and when it happens. Uh, what would excite you most? We started the segment. I told you Clint Kubiak. Sounds like he's going to the Saints. I've timed the news so it screws Grant over. That is not the first time you've done that, Shefty. I keep doing it. Grant and Danny on the fan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Well, I think the thing when you talk to him about it is he's very aware that, you know, like after he kind of transitioned to a more managerial head coaching role and Kyle Shanahan left, he, he kind of thought the system was transferable, but he didn't realize kind of how having that dynamic coordinator, um, you know, the dynamic DC, you know, he's the dynamic DC prior to my arrival there. And then he chooses to kind of move to a more traditional head coaching role and just the importance of the coordinators and, and the importance of the staff. And when I came out of that, like, you know, I, I talked to him a couple times afterwards and that was something that came up in our conversations. And I just thought that was such a, such a mature, such a professional way to look at it. Logan Paulson, when we had him on yesterday right here on Grant and Danny, we are live in Bethesda at the Bethesda Theater where we're taking part in a huge event tonight. Kick off your future with the law firm of Kondorian Murad, the official Grant and Danny show sponsor. They can help protect your assets, update your will and trust, schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys. Visit kmlawyers.com and mention the show to score a discount. That's kmlawyers.com. In fact, Kondorian Murad, Fairfax guys, went to Lake Braddock and George Mason University. They will be here tonight. They told me they got a table right up front by the stage. So I will be looking for them when we are on stage tonight. Maybe uh, try to make eye contact with them at some point during your uh, shredding of everyone on the staff. No, no, it's 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 kind fun stuff. Like you know, who sure does like fun. 
Jason Bishop, like stuff like that. It's yeah. very innocent. Only compliments, I yeah, was told. Yeah, it's, it's a, the first ever complimentary roast. That's my kind of roast. Yeah, it's the best it's kind. Bunch of compliments making us feel good about ourselves. You're going to come out looking great in this roast. I am very excited about it. Cannot wait for 8 o'clock tonight. Uh, the Saints are working toward hiring 49ers pass game specialist Clint Kubiak, former OC and play caller with the Minnesota Vikings. That was my number one choice. That was the guy I was most excited to hopefully get the OC job. All is not lost. That was just you know, the type of guy I'm looking for. Brian Greasy would make a lot of sense to me. Well, he is the quarterback's coach in San Francisco. You got to tap into one of these young offensive minds. That's what would move the needle for me. Sounds like Danny's on the same page. Let's go to Maurice in Columbia. Maurice, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for taking my call. I kind of agree with you, Grant. I mean, I, you know, it looks like the team evidently really wanted to put all their eggs in the basket in the uh, Ben Johnson. And when that kind of soured, you know, while they were in flight to go to Detroit, um, you know, I don't. I wasn't really so uh, keen on Quinn, but I, I'm kind of like warming up to it. And I agree with you. If we can identify one of these uh, innovative uh, offensive coordinators, young person that can, you know, uh, keep our offense uh, with the modern offensive game, um, then I wouldn't be so bad. Um, so that, that's what I'm curious to see: at what kind of coordinators that Quinn is able to uh, assemble, especially on the offensive side, because, you know, obviously they wanted Ben Johnson. And when they didn't strike that, you know, they had to pivot. Um, so if they can assemble a decent offensive uh, uh, young and up-and-coming guys, um, then, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be too bad. I think they can turn this uh, ship around. Thank you thank for taking my call. Thank, thank you for buddy. making it. Appreciate you. I think we're, we're, all, we're all sort of circling around the same part of the strain here, right? That's what's essential is – the pivot, the way we got here, d- did not make me happy. I thought it was, you know, a letdown. It didn't feel very good. Whatever, we're here. So what are we going to do about it, right? Like, what's the, the next phase of this thing is absolutely critical. And, you know, I think they made it more challenging on themselves. You said this last segment in, in so many words. I think it was a really smart point by you. Because of the clock, you were the eighth team out of eight to hire a guy. The fill out your staff stuff has started in earnest. And some teams had only a couple openings, whether it was an OC, a quarterback's coach here or there, this guy's getting promoted or we're interviewing these guys. You now need to start doing this in earnest. And it's almost like that after draft, undrafted free agent feeding frenzy where you're almost recruiting these guys in, in real time. It goes without saying that Clint Kubiak was on their radar at the least. I'd presume they've been talking to him even if minimally over the last couple of days, but he had to have been one of the guys they wanted to talk to for their OC role. Why would you choose the Saints over the Commanders? Dennis Allen is going into a potential lame duck year. He is a sub-500 head coach in his career who there was some thought he might get fired at the end of the season. They kept him. That's not an ideal gig. Plus, I'm a Derek Carr guy more than the average person is. I don't think he's nearly as bad as most people do. I think he's a you know top 17-ish, like somewhere between 14 and 17 quarterback in the league, you know, whatever that is right now. But would you rather work with Derek Carr and a potential lame duck head coach than year one of a new staff with Dan Quinn and pair yourself at the hip with the number two pick? Look what it just did for Bobby Slowick's career. And if you're Clint Kubiak, you come here and call plays. Drake May or Jaden Daniels balls out and becomes the sensational rookie everybody loves next year. You're interviewing for jobs at the worst. You're getting a job at the best. Why would you pick the Saints over this place if they are, in fact, considering you? And if they're not, 
not only is that surprising, but that's disappointing. Yeah, I, the the only thing I can think of is I could be okay and we, we'll win the division. Nobody in that division scares me. Carolina's a, uh, a gong show. Atlanta's not particularly good. They'll be starting an operation over. Um, Tampa just lost their OC, so Todd Bowles is due to go back to, to the 6-11 and 11 tier. It's a winnable division. Maybe that's the thought. I mean, I'm just trying to think out on, on my feet here as to why he would pick there over here. Brian Greasy's the next guy on my list. I'm just going down the San Francisco depth chart. <laughs> it's, it's a great way to do point. it. Uh, let's uh, hear from you guys on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Your thoughts on what needs to be done at the offensive coordinator spot. How about what Dan Jeremiah said of NFL Network yesterday, though, out at the Senior Bowl, the possibility that he says he's not convinced Washington takes a quarterback. I want to dive into that next as well on Grant and Danny. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 